Welcome to the Healing Courageously podcast, where we engage in open, honest, and healthy conversation about everything from addiction, abuse, and recovery to marriage, family, and spirituality. We hope you find this podcast helpful. Our goal is that you will find a new way of living as you look closer at yourself in these areas of your life, which will lead to a happier and healthier you. Now here's your host, Randy Boyd. Greetings and welcome to this episode of Healing Courageously. On this episode, we're going to talk about something that's near and dear from my heart. I'm going to kind of step away from my devotional for the next two uh, episodes. I'm going to talk about child abuse in the Bible. And when I started my walk with God again, I grew up in a, in a, in a that born-again Christian family. And they used these scriptures against me as a child. And they used them to put, instill the fear in me of not only God, but of my mother and my stepfather. And I'm of the belief is that I don't want to respect anybody out of fear. I want to respect people out of love and respect and, and honor. Um, and, and those are a couple of things that are pretty tough to achieve. Um, and the reason I say that is, is I'm going to, Excuse me for one second. When we look up, there's a couple. When, we, when we're talking about honor and respect um, and all that, there, the, I, I like to know, my English teacher taught me, if, if you're not really sure of a word, don't just say it or write it and then move on. Look it up and understand what the word means. And so... I think when it comes to biblical principles, I think that's a very important thing to do. So, you know, it, when, when we look at the word honor, okay, let's, let's, I'm going to break these down real quick and then I'll go into what I want to, what I want to go into. When we look at the word honor. Honor is great respect for someone or the feeling of pride and pleasure resulting when respect is shown to you. So it's great respect for someone or the feeling of pride and pleasure resulting when respect is shown to you. A quality that combines respect, being proud, and honest. So it's hard to honor people that aren't honoring and respecting you. I, I, and I, it's, it's, it's just, that's just a fact of the matter. It, it's hypocritical almost. I mean, we're to love everybody, no matter what. But to honor, that's a high level of respect. And if people are doing disrespectful and unhonorable things to you, it's pretty hard to do that. When we look at the word um, respect, respect is admiration felt for sh- or shown for someone or something that you believe has good ideas or qualities. Admiration felt or shown for someone or something that you believe has good ideas or qualities and you know you can look at a lot of different people and that's your your opinion but if you're being abused there's nothing good there's no good qualities in that i don't care what anybody thinks or what they want to say it's not whether it's sexual abuse physical abuse emotional abuse spiritual abuse those are not good qualities right 
So how can you respect somebody that's abusing you? Uh, and, and that starts with the abuse of their power over you to coerce you into do things that you would never do or believe. Okay. And the last one is obey. And biblically, it means to hear and respond appropriately. It's a big word. Respond to hear and respond appropriately. To do what you are told or expected to do according to someone in authority or a rule or a law. Who's that person that's talking to you? This this, this goes really deep on, on this part right here. Okay, and these are all from the Cambridge uh, Dictionary. So I, I look at all those in my life, and I like to use those when we're talking about any kind of abuse because. The other thing that I, I when I when I started my my journey in recovery, and then after that, when I started my journey back into my walk with Christ, is that I made it a mission. I wanted to see what the Bible said about abuse, because you never hear what the Bible says about abuse. You hear things, you know, the the rod and the staff, you know, you know, honor your mother and your father. You hear all those things, and those are whole, different subjects I won't talk about right now. But you never hear about what the Bible says about abuse. So I'm going to talk about a couple of those. This is going to be part one. It's going to be a two-part series, right? I'm going to talk about a couple of those things um, in, in, in this series. So let's look first at, let's look at, and this shows up in three different scriptures. Mark 9.42, Matthew 18.6, and Luke 17.2. Whoever causes one of these little ones who believe in me to sin... It would be better for him if a great millstone were taught, were hung around his neck and he were thrown into the sea. In other words, Jesus is saying it would be better off if you die than to cause one of these little ones to fall into sin. But wait a minute, you can't cause nobody to do anything. As adults, you're right. But as children, as young teens, we're looking up to these people. Right, so they can call my stepfather caused me, my mother caused me, my church people caused me. The devil working through them caused me to fall into sin, great amount of sin. You got to have an open mind when we're talking about this, because a lot of people say, well, they're accountable for their own. Yeah, you're right, they are. Once they become adults and once they understand that what they're doing is wrong, and once they can grasp that. But people that have been abused, especially by people of a church, especially by parents who are Christians or pastors or whatever it is, they're closed-minded. They don't want to hear this. And so it's got to happen on their time. And we, we can't talk about the love of Christ to these people. 1 Corinthians one eighteen: to talk to cross to those that are perishing is foolishness. We need to show people the love of Christ. And that's not by causing them to fall. Mark 9, 42, Matthew 18, 6 say almost the same, exact same thing. And then Luke 17, 2 says, It were better off for him that a millstone were, hung, were, were hanged about his neck and he cast into the sea than he should offend, offend one of these little ones. Okay? I believe in discipline. Discipline is not punishment. Punishment is after the fact. Discipline is before the fact. And we'll go into some of that. Then if you go over here to Ephesians 6.4, and again, 
this shows up in two spots, two different scriptures. I'm actually going to start with Colossians 3.21 because there's more I want to say on Ephesians 6.40. But Colossians 3.21 says, Fathers, do not provoke your children lest they become discouraged. So we think that we're encouraging our children by yelling at them, by beating at them, by, by putting them down. We're discouraging them. I was discouraged as a child. I was made to feel worthless as a child, as a teenager. It wasn't bad enough that my dad was dad, but then I had my mother and my stepfather just constantly, emotionally beating me down. Do not provoke your children lest they become discouraged. Think about that. How are you, how are you, how are you disciplining your children? Oh, well, I, that's what my father did to me, and I'm okay. Well, maybe you ought to go look in the mirror. Look what you're doing to your child. Remember how it made you feel? And get honest with yourself about this. Remember how it made you feel when your father was doing that. I want you to sit down and understand. I want you to sit down and go back. Is that how you want your child to feel? Fathers, this is Ephesians 6, 4. Fathers, do not provoke your children to anger, but bring them up in the discipline and the instruction of the Lord. And who's the Lord? The Lord is God. And what is God? God is love. And what is love? Go to 1 Corinthians 13, 4 through 8. I'll read it right now for you. I'll go to it right now. You want to know what love is? You want to know what God would do? And this has worked for me with my children and every person that I mentor. It's, it's been very, very successful. Highly successful. And I, and I continue to use it today. And sometimes it takes a while. But it works. So what is love? If God is love and love is God, then what is God and what is love? Love is kind. It's patient. It does not envy. It does not boast. It is not proud. So fathers and mothers, <laughs> is your pride getting in the way of your discipline with your children because you feel your pride's been crushed because of something they might have done or said? It does not dishonor others. You don't dishonor your children. You want honor and respect and honor and respect them. Just because you're a parent doesn't mean you get it automatically. Respect and honor is earned, period. It is not self-seeking. It's not easily angered. It keeps no record of wrongs. Quit bringing up the past. It's done and over with. And, and maybe maybe you need to think about the way that you're disciplining your children because they just need attention. And they're going to get it however they can get it, negative or positive. It's not easily angry. It keeps no record of wrongs. Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. It always always protects and trusts. Always hopes. Always, always perseveres. Are you protecting your child? You see, people need to understand this. They need to read these scriptures and really understand them. Now, how is it that we can discourage our children? Right? And I actually read a good article today, and that's where I'm gleaning off of. So um, it was by Pedro Sean. Twelve ways. Parents provoke children to anger. I'm just going to go through six of them real quick here. Not real quick. I'm going to go through them. 
God gives parents only a few direct commands. One command is found in Ephesians 6.4. God forbids, forbids us to provoke our children. God forbids us to provoke us to provoke our children to anger. Do not provoke your children to anger. Do not provoke your children to anger, but bring them up in the discipline and instruction of the Lord. At first glance, you may think that obeying this commandment is as easy. However, we can provoke our children to anger in 12 subtle ways. And, and I want you, you, you've got to step out of the box in this kind of stuff. Number one, and this is critical, and I've heard this from a lot of different people. Number one, you can neglect time with your children. You neglect time with your children. You shall teach them diligently to your children and shall talk to them when you sit in your house and when you walk by the way and when you lie down and when you rise. You shall bind them as a sign on your hand and they shall be as frontlets between your eyes. Deuteronomy 6, 7, 3. Do you make excuses for not spending more time with my children? How many, how many, how many of you do these kind of excuses? I work 50 to 55 hours a week as a physician. What's your first priority? I need time with my wife. I need time to pray and read God's word. Well, maybe you ought to dive a little more into God's word about what it says about being with your children. I need time to serve my local church. Number one ministry is your family. I need time to myself to rest. All right. You can find time to yourself to rest. Number one, one number one ministry is your family. My children already get enough time with me. I would question what kind of time do they get with you. God wants us to spend purposeful, quality time with our children. We need time to talk with our children and give them wise instruction. We need enough time with our children to model godly living. And if you don't know how to do that, then I would suggest that you find a mentor that will help you to learn how to do that. That's what I had to do. A lot of us didn't get that growing up. And even we might have thought we had it, but it's farthest thing from a godly, godly father that you can be in the reality. I'm not saying that about everybody. I know it's a general statement, but I speak in general terms a lot. I don't want you all taking it personal. Teaching our children requires time to show them how to live out the ordinary moments. With my children, I resolved to do these 11 things. So with my children, this is some of the stuff I did. Eat breakfast and dinner together. And we were on the go all the time baseball, soccer, dance, but we always had managed. It might have been in the car coming home, you know, after a night of baseball, soccer, but we ate dinner together. Play board games and read together. We've done that. Spend one-on-one time walking to an ice cream parlor on a hot summer day. Play musical instruments together. Wake up early in the morning to pick flowers for mom together. Read the Bible and talk about God together. Pray together, sing together, memorize Bible verses together serve others together, and make special memories together. I, I can say I haven't done all those because I wasn't walking with God when my children were growing up. But I, I've done many of them. I've woke up early mornings with my children, picked flowers. And I've, I've spent a lot of time with my children, quality time in the outdoors. <laughs> we made lots and lots of special memories together. Lots of memories together. I got a, I got a, a whole mindful, a whole heartful of memories that I've made with my children. Spending time with our children means more than taking them to Disneyland 
or throwing them a birthday party. Spending time with our children involves the ordinary moments. When we ignore our children, we forfeit, we forfeit an important responsibility. We will look at, they will look at other people to their surrogate as, I'm sorry, they will look to other people to be their surrogate parents. They will begin to harbor bitterness. Don't encourage your children to get angry with you and don't neglect them. Just because you take them to nice places, just because you buy them nice things, that's not necessarily being a good parent. They need quality time with you. And I've heard it over and over and over again with people in recovery. Where was my dad? Sure, he bought me nice things, but he was never there for me. My mom was never there for me. You have to spend quality time with your children. Number two, we model sinful anger. Make no friendship with a man given to anger, nor go with a wrathful man. Least you learn his ways and entangle yourself in a snare. This is another way, right, another way that we provoke our children. People are impressionable, especially children. Our children are looking up to us all the time. My youngest son enjoys, this, now this is coming from the, the author. My youngest son enjoys imitating my wife and me. He tries to talk the way we do. He uses the words we use. He gets scared at the things that scare us. He begins to model our behavior when we get simply angry. Here are several things our kids learn when they see us get angry. Now, this is straight across the board. When our children see us get angry, they learn. They learn incorrectly that God tolerates sinful anger. If mom and dad get angry, it must be okay to God. Anger is okay in emotion. It, it really is, but we're, we've never been taught how to use it. So what happens is that we keep on repressing our anger because we're told we can't be angry. It's, a, it's an improper emotion, when in reality is it can be a very healing emotion. So we repress, we repress, we repress, and the next thing you know, it's blowing up. We just had enough. We can't take it no more. It blows up, and it comes out as rage, not anger. You have to remember that. They learn incorrectly that sinful anger is justifiable in certain situations. If mom and dad get angry, it must be appropriate in certain situations. They learn incorrectly that sinful anger is inevitable. If mom and dad get angry daily, it cannot be avoided. They learn incorrectly that sinful anger is necessary to help them get what they want. If mom and dad get angry to get what they want, I can, I can get angry to get what I want. Remember, in Ephesians it says, Be angry. Do not sin. Do not let the sun go down on your wrath. It says get angry, but don't sin when you're angry. It doesn't say don't be angry. It says be angry. I think it's in Psalms 4.4 4 says, be angry, but rest at night and think about your anger. It is unrealistic to expect our children to do as I say, not as I do. That is such a true statement. To avoid provoking our children is not our furthest, our foremost motivation to control our anger. We restrain our sinful anger in obedience to God because we love God. Our motivation is Christ. We love God and therefore we obey God's commands. We provoke our children to anger when we get angry. Resolve to mortify your sinful anger today. Number three. How we discourage, scold your children harshly. The Lord rebuke me not in your anger, nor discipline me in your wrath. 
Okay? See that right there? Rebuke me not in your anger, nor discipline me in your wrath. Psalms 38.1. Let no corrupting talk come out of your mouths, but only such as good for building up as fits the occasion, that it may give grace to those who hear. Ephesians 4.29. This is right there. Let no corrupting talk come out of your mouths. Nothing. But only such as is good for building up as fits the occasion and may give grace to those who hear. What is worse than getting sinfully angry? Scold your children in sinful anger. My kids easily trigger me. What kids don't? I mean, my kids are all grown. I got grandchildren. And it's a little bit different with grandchildren. You just, they, they just seem to, they, they can't really do anything wrong. But, you know, I see my daughter and my son, son and they, my daughter-in-law, my son-in-law. I can see, you know, how their kids trigger them, and they, they're with them all the time. So, um, my kids usually trigger me when they push my buttons. I respond by angrily scolding my children. So, before I discipline my children, I need to ask three questions. Okay, ready? Question one, am I disciplining my child for a specific sinful action? Am I disciplining my child for a specific sinful action? Because my four children are still young, their thinking is concrete. Therefore, I, dis I discipline my children when their actions are witnessed, tangible, and dis describable. Their actions must be sinful, not just undesirable. I should be able to name the rule that my child has broken. So critical right there. I should be able to name the rule that my child has broken. Do they know the rule? Does your child know the rule that they broke? Did you set down a list of rules that they're to follow? If not, you're punishing them, you're way out of, you're, you're way out of sorts. This may be a specific biblical command or it may be a personal house rule. I cannot discipline my children when he spills milk on the new area rug, but I can discipline my child for breaking the rule of bringing milk to the formal dining room. Big difference. I cannot discipline my child when he makes too many mistakes in his piano recital, but I can discipline my child for refusing to practice piano for an agreed amount of time. I cannot discipline my child for being selfish, but I can discipline my child for refusing to share his cookie with his younger sister. Ultimately, I want to correct my child's heart, but unless my child is able to articulate the sins of his heart, I cannot judge his thoughts and intentions. When I judge incorrectly, my mistaken appraisal will frustrate my child to anger. Question two. And, and, and again, I want to go back up to the scripture that says, let no corrupting talk come out of your mouth, but only such is good for building up as it fits the occasion. Okay? It may that it may give grace to those who hear. Question two, am I disciplining my child because he offended God? One of my biggest pet peeves is seeing my child disrespect my wife. When my child defies my wife, it is clearly sin. I am, a, I am, but I, 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 I am responsible to correct, to correct my child. But I must correct him with a proper motivation. We do not discipline our children because we have been offended. If that is our uh, impetus, 
We will discipline with harsh vengeance. We discipline our children, and because they have offended God, we want our child to honor God. Our Creator God makes the rules. If we break God's rules, there is a penalty. Discipline is to reinforce this reality. Question three. My discipline in my child with the gospel of Jesus Christ in mind. Even though I am a Christian, I still break God's rules. If I discipline my children repetitively without explaining the gospel, my child will get exasperated. Remind your child, your child that we cannot meet God's standard. We cannot obey God without his enablement. It is important to preserve in our satisfaction and our sanctification process, but we need to understand that we also need God's grace, mercy, and forgiveness. Avoid scolding harshly, but instead discipline properly. It requires the right occasion, manner, and motivation. It is better to forsake discipline than to discipline in anger. Four. It's number four. Not not on the list of discipline. But number four uh, way to provoke your children. Find fault with your children constantly. You're constantly finding fault with your children. It just—it's not a—it's—it's it's not a, a good thing to do. He burned his anger also at Job's three friends because they had found no answer, although they—they they had declared Job to be in the wrong. Do you get hurt when a friend finds fault with you? That is how your children feel when you find unnecessary fault in your children. I catch myself finding fault with my children routinely. Why aren't you potty trained yet? <laughs> You're already four. Why aren't you potty trained? Well, Mom, Dad, maybe you need to spend a little more time with them. I, I, I don't know. Who taught you how to sing off-key like that? We, we, we need to, in our communication, we have a communication workshop coming up. We need to get rid of the word you, because as soon as you start saying why you and you and you, it, it's, a, it's an accusational statement, and automatically people are going to go on defense. You need to understand that. There's different ways to talk that you can say the same thing, but man, with so much more feeling and so much more compassion and so much more impact than attacking somebody by saying you. You practice that song on piano 10 times, and you're still making all these Mistakes. You see, see what I'm saying? There's other. I'm not going to show you how to do. Come to my workshop, and you'll get a whole a whole thing on this. You're not pretty. You're not pretty, sweetie pie. I'm sorry, but it's true. You may not use these exact words, but when you convey this type of message, your children feel hurt. They get sad. They get depressed, and then they get angry. Sorry, guys. They got big fingers and it causes me to do all sorts of Don't find unnecessary fault in your children. Love them for who they are. And love them for who and love their faults and imperfections. Remember that God loves us despite our imperfections. We can love with Christ as our model and motivation. We can love that we can love with Christ as our model and motivation. What 
would Christ do in this situation? Philippians 2.5, be Christ-minded in all that we do. All that we do, not some of the things, in all that we do. Number five, refuse to listen to your children, and this is the worst thing you can do to your child. You want your child to grow up with not having a voice and feeling like he's worthless? This is the worst thing you can do to them. But just don't listen to your children. Then. And I'm telling you, it's a good way to destroy their life. If one gives an answer before he hears, it is, the, it is his folly and shame. Listen to your children. Don't come up with the answers that you have based on one sentence that your child says. Let him speak through the whole conversations because nine out of ten times they have the own answer. They have their own answers in their head. We just got to let them find them. Again, the communication workshop that we're having on September 11th will guide you through this process. Often while I'm at home, one of my children will approach me and ask me a question. My frequent response is not now. That's okay. After a while, my children get the message that their dad does not want to listen to them. All of us want to be heard. We want someone to listen to us and understand us. We want to plead our case. We desire an opportunity to persuade, even if we do not get our way. Not now. Should never be used unless it's used with, I can't do it right now. Give me 30 minutes to finish what I'm doing, and then we'll sit down and talk. I never use the word not now without coming backing it up with a time that you can talk to your children. I promise you, you don't want to do that. The effect that it's going to have on your child for the rest of their life is, is, is not good. Believe me when I say that. Our children want the same thing. They want people to listen to them, especially their moms and dads. My daughter, when she was five, would wake up in the middle of the night screaming for us. She knows that she is supposed to sleep in her room by herself, but she still wants mom or dad to sleep with her. One night at 2 a.m., my daughter started wailing. I whispered in bed to my wife that we should just let her cry it out. About five minutes later, she was still crying. I finally went back to check on her. Her pillow was soaked with blood. She was having a nosebleed. After I stopped the bleeding, she stopped crying but glared at me in anger. I'm not saying we cannot triage our children's requests, but we do not actively listen to our children. But if we do not actively listen to our children, they will be disappointed if we persist in ignoring our children. They will be, they will get resentful and angry. And this is the sixth reason, way, way, way we can discourage our children. And I'll, I'll, I'm going to end this session with this one. Permit our children too much permit our children too much our children need discipline the rod and the, and the and reproof give wisdom but a child left to himself brings shame to his mother i mean that their heir as long as he is a child is no different from a slave though he is the owner of everything but he is under guardians managers guardians managers until the gate until the date set by his father galatians 4 1 through 2 don't be afraid to set proper rules and boundaries for your children. And, and more importantly on that, follow through those rules and boundaries. If you don't, your children are just going to look at you and laugh every time you do it. Follow through with them. 
children, they don't have a parent's wisdom. They don't have the wisdom we have. They need our protection and they need parameters. They need that stuff. They want that stuff. Even though they say they don't want it, they don't need it, they do. And they're going to be grateful for it in the end. Freedom and liberty are coveted in our society. We want choice. We want options. But giving our children too many choices can prove frustration and anger. Our children should learn at an early age that they cannot get everything they want. You know, when I was growing up back in the 60s and 70s, I had to try out for a little league. Just because you tried out didn't mean that you made a team. If you didn't make a team, you didn't make a team. And then, if you weren't first, second, or third place, your team didn't get a trophy. And I know I might sound harsh or hard or whatever, but today it doesn't matter. You get to play ball no matter what. And I, I, I agree to that to a certain extent. I think I think that's, that can be fair. I think every child should be given the opportunity just because they didn't try out well. Okay, I'll go with that. But then every child getting a trophy, a participation trophy, that's just that's entitlement. That's, that's just wrong. You have to earn your trophies. I, and and I'm, I'm firm on that one. They must learn how to submit to authority. That's what's wrong in the world. They don't know how to submit to authority. And submission occurs when they comply to do something that is against their preference. Parents who set parameters love their children. Children learn that parents who permit much love, who permit, children learn that parents who permit much love, little. That permit much, live little. Love little, I'm sorry. Do not permit your children too much. They've got to learn that just because they want something, press of the button, they, they don't they don't get it. So, figure this. I was reading as I was reading. You know, I, I'm big on this. I've I've talked about these scriptures before, and, and today I was doing some research, more research on you know, what what it said, and I ran across this article. Um, so it's it's not. This is um, twelve ways to provoke children to anger by Pedro Shung and. and, and it's June first, two thousand nineteen. It was written, so it's not my, not my work. I'm not, I'm not taking the credit for it, but he says everything perfectly in here. And why create the will when it's already been created? So I'm just gleaning off of what he what he has. It, it says it perfectly in here. You can look up the article yourself and read it. Um, so what I'll do is is I'm gonna next episode we'll we'll finish up on this. It'll be a two part episode, like I said. So. Um, if you want to find out more about what I do, I, I, we, we do a lot of work in this area. You can check out both my websites, CourageousHealers.org, CourageousHealers.org. That's our our foundation. We help men and families heal from the scars of sexual abuse as well as women. We also, like I mentioned in, in this podcast, we are having a four-part workshop coming up, the first one being communicate, uh, personal communication, September 11th. And then in October, it'll be... Um, the journey to you, October, November will be uh, secrets and silence, and then the last one in December, right before Christmas, will be on forgiveness. So if you go to my website, courageousheaters.org, or our website, the foundation website, courageousheaters.org, click on our services, go to workshops. It'll break down each one of those workshops, the dates that they are, where they're at, the address. 
and the cost and you can just register right there it's a one-click registration you can go there to register and be all set up you can either purchase one workshop or you can purchase all four at a 15 percent discount okay you can also get my book healing the wounded child within on amazon.com it's kindle audible and um and paperback my devotional 30-day devotional wholeness is on kindle and paperback and the seven-day challenges and paperback on amazon also visit our uh, change your life story now.com life coaching website my wife and i do a lot of marriage counseling family counseling we work on all these areas um, we've helped a lot of families continue to help a lot of families where I, I am a cert, Simbus certified facilitator Simbus is an assessment that that it's 99.9 percent accurate with couples it's not a, it's not a um, personality test it, it, it's not a um, uh, what do you want to call it um, well to see what you know what what you're capable of doing it's, it's none of that it's an assessment it's really not like I say 99.9 percent accurate so check out both those websites fill out the contact form send it off to me and I get back to you as soon as I usually as soon as I get the email I respond right away okay so that's it for this week for this this episode and uh, wherever you're at today whether this morning noon or night have a blessed day uh, may your family be blessed and the love of God saturate them and cover them and keep them safe remember if nobody tells you they love you today Randy does but more importantly God does everybody be blessed this has been healing courageously with randy boyd we will have a new episode every monday please like us on itunes or google play if you would like to know more about the services available from randy please visit him at changeyourlifestorynow.com thank you for spending time with us we'll see you next week And remember, if nobody tells you they love you today, Randy does.